gonna talk about you at school today because the kids were, they were like, do you make money on the internet? And I was like, yeah, but like not enough to like pay for like all my bills. And they were like, how much money did you make on TikTok? And I told them, I said, I made $198 last month. And I was like, that's like groceries. That's not, that's not a rent. And they said, once you get a million followers, that's how you'll be rich. And I really wanted to be like, well, my BFF has a million followers and she's not rich. So make that make sense. Yeah, right. No, literally. And someone on my TikTok commented, finding out that like an influencer doesn't make that much money feels like the equivalent of finding out that your college degree is useless. And that's really like what I felt them (laughs) learning in that moment. They need to know. So we are doing a submissions episode. So we're going to do emails. And then if we have time, we'll do Patreon. Did you get anything? Let me look. I don't think so. But I also didn't really post that much today because I wasn't on my phone. I hate that I had to start taking away the kids' phones because now I can't be on my phone because that looks bad. What method did you end up going with? So what I'm going with right now that today I yelled at them and threatened to change it again is the brown paper bags. So the way our schedule works is they come to me, we stay for like 12 minutes, and then they go to lunch, and then they come back to me for like an hour and 20 minutes. So after they come back from lunch, I stand at the door and pass out brown paper bags. And while they're working on their bell ringer, I come around and I staple the bags closed. And then they just keep it with them because I don't like collecting them because I'm worried something's going to get lost or broken or stolen or something. But obviously me not taking them wasn't working. So today it went well, but one kid put a bag of Cheetos in his bag uh, instead of his phone. And then one kid put his phone case in there. But I caught both of them when I was going around stapling. It's only one class that I'm taking their phones. The other two classes are totally fine. But one thing that I did not intend that's happening that I'm kind of here for is the other classes saw the bags and were like, what's that? Can we do that? And I was like, trust me, you actually don't want to do that. So ever since they've seen that, they've been doing an even better job because they're afraid now. Put the fear of God within them. Separation of church and state is only good except for putting the fear of God in them. That's allowed. I love seeing my first period and my third period interact because my first period is like, Miss Redacted is not strict at all. She doesn't even have rules. We get to pick our seats. We get to have our phones. Like, there's literally no rules in her class. And then my third period is like, what? I have an assigned seat and it changes every other day and I get my phone taken away. I'm a chameleon. It's not about equality. It's about equity. Exactly. And I told them the rules. As long as 75% of the class is passing, I won't take your stuff. I won't take your little phones. I won't take your little games. I respect you. They don't. Don't tell TikTok that you're taking phones. I'm not taking. They're concealing into bags. Right. I just have a feeling. What I also love is one girl was like, why don't you have one of the little calculator holders? That's what my other teacher does. And I was like, well, if your phone got stolen or broken, your mom would call me and be like, why did this happen in your room? And probably be upset because she paid a lot of money for your phone. And this girl looks at me and she goes, no, my mom would blame me. I was like, that's why I like your mom. Your mom's a real one. <laughs> that mom also told me that she prays for me every day. She said, I feel like you just got, you guys have to deal with so much. I was like, retweet to that. Literally retweet. So anywho, we have just a few of these. Ew. Mm, I don't like this one. You're scared? No. It says, hello again. Blank might be a little disappointed, but I am making her two sandwiches instead. 
What are you talking about? She will be okay until she gets home. But will you please let her know that I will have her some PBJs. She just need to be a good little one today with a good note from you, smiley face. But I will be there shortly. I'm about to make her sandwiches and bring them to the office. Thank you. I want someone to bring me sandwiches to the office. But she just needs to be a good little one today with a good note from you and I'll feed her. To get the PB&J? I don't understand. What does that mean? Even if my child was the devil reincarnate, like one of those three little lock, shock, and barrel from Nightmare Before Christmas bitches, I would still feed her two PB&Js if she wanted them. Valid. What I'm confused about is when she's saying the sandwiches and the PB&Js, is the PB&J like the reward sandwich? And then there's like a different sandwich that she doesn't like as much. Okay, yeah. That's like, if you get the good note, I'll make you a PBJ. But if you don't get the good note you get like a turkey sandwich. I don't love that, but it's not as bad. For the submission episodes, we should have the phone numbers of like administrators and parents to be like... You're like, when you say PB&J, are you making it or is it an Uncrustable? Also, like, is it a reward sandwich? Is it a punishment sandwich? Maybe she's allergic to peanuts. Oh my God, like me. I always forget you're allergic to peanuts. Every time I remember it, I get the ick. Mm, I love you so much. (laughs) Rita's the bitch. Fine. I'll do work. I'll do my job. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see in the one you read, there's an emoji. The emoji is sending me. <laughs> Just the like happy smiley. The smugness. All right. Is there anyone there that can talk to child about brushing her teeth? I'm concerned because she's been missing days brushing and has been defiant about it with me. Her dentist told her, but now she's back to not wanting to do it daily. Thanks. Sent from my iPhone. I've actually had this request multiple times. Really? I was about to say, I cannot imagine typing this out and sending it to someone. What do people say? Well, they want me to talk about very specific personal hygiene things to the class. And if times were different, I might. But I can't because, of you know, I'm teaching other things. Like You got to learn how to read. Yeah, and it's very time intensive. It's laborious. I love doing it, but I don't got time to be like, and this is the way we brush our teeth. Shout out to people like daycare providers and preschool teachers who teach life skills like that or like health standards like that. I remember learning about dental hygiene in third grade. I don't remember doing that at school. The only thing is when I taught daycare, we brushed their teeth. And with the ones that were a little bit bigger, we would let them brush their teeth and then we'd brush it after them. You brush the teeth? Yeah. You do it all. Mm -hmm. They also provide like a lot of education for the parents around like, like developmental things, like what they're allowed to eat at what ages and stuff like that. Mm. I had that blue edible toothpaste. One kid loved the toothpaste. And whenever I would like turn my eyes, he would literally like lightning speed go and grab it and then just like squirt as much into his mouth as he possibly could. It was like actually the most terrifying thing of all time. Do you remember the whatever you brushed it was mouthwash it like dyed the little pieces of shit in your mouth dark so that when you spit it out it like yes. that was really cool. I thought you were going to talk about tooth tunes. <gasps> Redacted. I loved tooth tunes. I had a Miley Cyrus one. Me too. Oh do they still exist? Was that a victim of the recession? I... Every time I think about the recession, I laugh because I think about it like from my perspective of the products I wanted at that time. Because imagine like you've been laid off, you're struggling to pay your mortgage, and your child asked for a goddamn $14 Tooth Tunes toothbrush. I would lose my mind. 
Like, read the room. I remember I asked my parents for a horse because one of the girls <laughs> at school rode horses. <laughs> they literally were, like, on the brink of losing our home. And I, like, Shark Tank style, I was like, I have a proposition for you. You buy me a horse, and in return, you get nothing. I used to make PowerPoints for things. <laughs> me too. My parents would make me make PowerPoints. I loved making PowerPoints. But I used to get, like, really hyper-focused on it. And, like, it turned into, like, there was catalogs involved. And then she had to go buy poster board for me. You could say there was something going on mentally that was undiagnosed. You could say that a medical professional might have viewed the situation differently. That my, that perspective might have been helpful. You know what's crazy is I had a full fucking child psychologist for five years. And I found out as an adult that she didn't want to diagnose me because she didn't want me to have stigma. So that was just a little mouse tool for later when I was 27. <laughs> she didn't even write it down. Isn't it funny how things in the 90s just, or the early 2000s just were? They were like, mm, that sounds wrong. I'm going to choose to not, that's not the narrative I'm picking. So back to the dental hygiene request. It is a health standard, at least in the state of California, to talk about dental hygiene but we don't have time i don't remember ever teaching health explicitly in kindergarten maybe they did it in pe yeah i don't know didn't you teach the pe oh no that was third grade third grade i did that but like i mean we weren't teaching social studies we weren't teaching science we weren't teaching health <laughs> these kids don't even know what the constitution is and their parents want us to become dentists it's wild to me that there's like certain standards that you guys don't teach because like from the high school perspective my list of standards is like a checklist oh yeah it's well because we have what seven subjects yeah that's wild to me. Maybe I'm just taking it too seriously, but I thought we were required to teach everything on there. So that's why to me, I'm like, oh, standard, whatever, ever point that, yeah, you're learning that. You're learning that. It's in a look at game somewhere. I taught it to you. And I literally have it as a checklist and I check them off as we do them. My favorite thing to ask is, why don't we teach blank? And just to see the non-answer and the floundering that ensues is really funny. I, w I love a flounder. I hate to do it myself. But anyways, this one, is this a parent or a teacher that said, do you recognize this shoe? I feel like this belongs to someone. Maybe ask around. Their email is a .org. So I feel like it's a teacher or an administrator because they sent it to the same at blank.org. So I feel like it's probably not a parent. God, you should be a detective. The shoe is remarkably clean for being in a literal box of dirt. That's my biggest takeaway. Those of you listening, just picture a very clean shoe in a planter box in your mind's eye. Like brand new. Yeah. Debatably never been worn. Look at that sole. I don't see any evidence of wear and tear. That logo is intact, baby. This has been CSI. Thank you for listening. Maybe I'm like the worst employee ever, but when I see stuff like that, I literally just walk past it. Like that's not my problem. Well, if we stop and looked at every single thing that was left behind or lost out of school, I would never get anything done. That's a full-time position, honestly. Plus, I want to leave it there in case somebody left it there deliberately. Like, I could totally see a child sticking their shoe in a planter and being like, that'll be there when I come back. They'll get it or they won't. Or someone will get a new shoe. Yeah. Oh my God, there was so much drama in third grade around a mom who accused someone of stealing her son's lunchbox. And then the other mom was like, no, we have the same fucking lunchbox from Target. Like, like, did you make it by hand, bitch? It was like meetings with the principal. She was like, they stole 
stole my child's lunchbox to the point that the parent of the other child had to procure a serial number and a screenshot of her Amazon orders to prove that it was her child's lunchbox and not his lunchbox. It was pandemonium. You know what would have been hilarious? What? If she had photoshopped those. I mean, because <laughs> she was just so fucking sick of dealing with it that she was like, yeah, yeah, here you this go. This <laughs> is the narrative I've created in my mind. She did steal the lunchbox and then she covered up that crime by then purchasing said lunchbox on Amazon and photoshopping the date to show as before the incident. You are a detective today. Let me actually call that parent right now and tell her my new theory so that she can get back on this. See, we need the parent on the phone. I keep saying this. Anyways, <laughs> I think the next one is like long. Do you want me to read it Ooh. or do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Subject line, respect for your coworkers' health and well-being. This is from HR Man. Good evening, school employees, but they took out the name of the school and put school. It has been a while since I've reminded everyone of the importance of not coming to work when you are sick. With the recent increase in illnesses throughout the district, I thought this would be a great time to do so. I know it is inconvenient to use your PTO, paid time off, when you're sick, or even costly if you don't have PTO to use. But coming to work sick can spread your illness amongst fellow employees and students, which may prolong illness and cause your fellow coworkers and students to miss time as well. If you suspect a coworker of being sick, I heard Goody Proctor say, sneezing please report it to your supervisor that's wild (laughs) so that they can take action to send this person home as soon as possible to minimize risk to others if it is determined that you knowingly came to work while sick you could face disciplinary action which may include being suspended without pay or having your employment terminated what year was this Hang on. And what gets me is they're saying, like, I know you, it might be costly if you don't have your PTO. That is, like, literally some people are broke. Like, sorry, some of us have rent to pay. Like, I can't just call Mr. Landlord and be like, oh, I actually have a cold right now, so I'm not going to be paying rent this month. Like, if you as a district have it set up that people lose money because they called in sick, anyone that gets sick, that is your fucking fault. That is your fault because you created a policy that incentivizes people to come to work sick. So unless you actually care, don't complain. Because if you actually cared, you'd change the policy to have no like cost associated pay deduction for sick time. Like this person said they only get five PTO days a year. So if it's your first year teaching, remember how sick do you, I don't know if it happens in high school, but I was sick my entire first year teaching. Like constantly It's happening to me right now. I've been sick for... Tomorrow will be a full two weeks that I am sick. And I have been going to work because I do not have sick time. And because I was never that sick. But anyway, I digress. But like, it's not only like sick sick. You need mental health days too. It's very difficult to be a first year teacher. And plus, because you're so goddamn tired, you get sick more, I think. Like your body just can't fight things off. I just think this is such bullshit. And because usually your first year teaching, you're like living off of Jolly Ranchers and Taco Bell. Your immune system is like not really fully functioning. My boyfriend like force feeds me naked juices now because I keep getting sick. You got to do what you got to do. And the, <laughs> the crucible reference. Do you get a reward if you tattle on your coworker? Yeah. Like, do you get like a dollar or do you? What do I get out of it other than being a snitch? You get an extra day of PTO. <laughs> and I wonder when they say costly, I feel like that could mean two things. They could just mean like because you don't get paid for that day. So your paycheck is smaller 
Or I've heard of districts where teachers have to pay out of pocket for the sub. This person specifically said they don't get paid if you're out of PTO, but uh, we'll be right back before we keep going. We're gonna do an ad. Yay, an ad. So there's two different models. There's one where you use your sick pay or it rolls over to the next year. Like if you get 10 days, you only use seven, you start the next year with 13 days and it continues to grow like that. That's how my district does it. Ours like grows and a lot of people will never use it. And then when you retire, you get to cash it all out. Yes, that's true. That's true. So we didn't have sick days that rolled over. So the tricky thing they would do is you would get paid out in June. For all the days you didn't use, you would get paid out. And it was like a two, $3,000 bonus. So if you take a sick day every hour out of your sick leave that you take, you get docked in your bonus. So in that way, the district, regardless, is paying out $3,000, but you're paying your sub out of your bonus. So what always gets me is I've literally heard districts and like school boards make the argument of like, well, if the teacher's not there, we have to pay someone to be in the room. How Who's going to pay for that? Like if you literally look at every company in America, they always have budgets for situations like this. Like there are so many times that they have a situation where they're double paying people and that is budgeted in because they are running an effective organization. Like a friend of mine worked for a company where her boss was like joking around with her about she how she had the most expensive maternity leave ever because they had to hire someone from a temp agency and it was like ridiculously expensive because her role was like very specific. Thankfully her boss is nice and was joking, but like that's literally on the company to make plans like that. Like that is literally on the organization to plan to be able to have their employee, like all of their organization organization's needs met when an employee is sick. So the fact that we allow districts to get away with that, we need to start having parents at school board meetings saying things like, can you explain to me why you drew up your budget without any money allocated to pay substitutes in the events that teachers become sick? Mm -hmm. Because someone makes that budget. That's a choice to not allocate any money to that. It is a deliberate choice. Make it make sense. I hope everyone called in sick the very next day. Fingers crossed. I am so thrilled that my reading roulette landed me here. This is a survey response. It says, anything else you think we should know about your child or family or any questions you have for us? The answer from a parent, I am not sure if she is able to wipe herself after pooping. We use a bidet faucet in our house. No better time to learn than the present, sweet pea. I was about to say, how do you not know that about your own child? And no part of me could have predicted the next sentence. No. I thought this was just like the most absent parent of all time. I cannot understand. If that would occur to you, why aren't you practicing at home? Like way, way, way before I sent the email, I would take my kid to like a Target and be like, let's go potty. Yeah. And just like see how they handle that. Yeah. I mean, you should really know that. Or is it one of those situations where it's like, I don't know if my child can wipe their bottom, but it's actually, I know. They can't. I, <laughs> I'm fully aware. <laughs> yeah. This is me nicely telling you that they're going to have shit in their butthole for the rest of the day because kindergarten teachers cannot wipe asses. 
We are not allowed. We will go to prison. We will lose our license. I made a video about this a long time ago and people were outraged. And I'm like, you guys. You're like, take it up with the government. I don't know what to tell you. Yes, we can talk through the door to a child and like coach them. But if they can't get it from us coaching them through the door, we got to call somebody. What I am wondering so much, and I I wonder this about elementary teachers all the time, because like if I take my eyes off of my class for one second, like it gets into pandemonium. Yes. So when you're saying this, like you have to coach them through it, what what is everyone else doing while that's happening? If the bathroom's in the classroom, the children are watching something on the TV, usually number blocks or you're doing it from the hallway while the kids are lined up against the wall waiting for you. I am not joking when I say I would rather have a grown man slap me across the face (laughs) than have to be coaching a kindergartner by yelling into a public restroom with 20 some other kindergartners just standing there waiting. Because I have never taught kindergarten, but I have heard that they are not known for their patient waiting skills, just generally speaking. That's not a strength of theirs. No, they're over there real squirrely. But nine times out of 10 that doesn't even work like if they're if they don't know what to do they don't know what to do yeah they just don't know like that's not something you can learn verbally i think that's like a something that takes a couple times of someone helping you with like a hands-on way before you can diy that yes i know that like special educators are trained in these types of things but like that's a special clearance that's a special thing Also, like, the information would not be coming to the teacher through a a casual Google form survey. Like, you would know that. You can't just spring that on someone. And, like, I concretely know. Because when I taught early Head Start for the first two weeks, I was not allowed to change diapers. And everyone hated having me as their sub because I legally could not change diapers until the director showed me the procedure. And then she had to, she gave me, like, a baby doll. And I did it on the doll while she watched to make sure. I was doing everything correctly. Like you have to put on the gloves. There's an order that you take off the gloves. It's like a like a first aid type of training. It's like equivalent. It, it didn't take long. It was like 20, 30 minutes, but still you have to do that. Yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. So if you're listening to this and you're of a day household, make sure your child can wipe their own butt before they go to school. Unfortunately, we don't have bidets at this school. I wish. Yeah. And the fact that the question was anything else you think we should know about your child or family, that's where you put like, my child has an allergy. My child is very high energy. Like, yeah. Anyways, do we have another? Yeah. The next two go together. Oh, you said, okay, the next two go together. I see, I see. So this leads me to make this request. Please share with us the sub plans you left for your two-hour absence today, as well as the plans for your one-hour absence tomorrow. And then, hello, I see you're leaving Tuesday and Wednesday this week early for appointments. Can you tell me a little bit more about how the scheduling works? I realize choices may be limited, but during the school day can be a challenge. Oh my God, pickle fries are back at Sonic. I just got a notification. <gasps> Get in the car. I gotta go, everyone. Where's Sonic? Eight minutes away from me. Oh, you bitch. Hell fucking yeah. Okay. Oh, there's one only 10 minutes from me or 12 minutes. Oh, that is dangerously close to my workplace. We're gonna regret finding out about that. No, you won't. You'll be happy as a clam. This person said that literally from my principal when I left early for an appointment when the last hour of my day was prep and the day before I had like six kids out and no students to serve for those two hours. And that's not even the worst ones. I was on a personal day and he had the audacity to demand I respond to an email a para sent then said that she was con- that he was concerned I wasn't responding. Sir, 
I was on a personal day. The best part is that my out of office response was on. So he got it bounced right back to him saying I'm out of office. Oh my God. And on the personal day, like there could be a tornado at the school on my personal day and I would not find out about it till the next day. Yeah, so sorry. That is not the appropriate response to somebody who's on a fucking personal day. Also one hour, what are your sub plans for your prep time? If the sub can sit there on their phone if you're hiring a sub for that time and wasting your district money. I don't know. I would have literally said, I would have been like, the sub plan is that all the administrators will come into my room one by one to thank the sub for their service to ensure that they return. And you must salute them and shake their hand. On your knees. You can blow them a little kissy. I actually have a menu of the greetings that you can do for the subs on the outside of my door. No hugs, though. No hugs. No! Not in a post-pandemic world. No hugging the subs without consent. Mm -mm, You must ask. One day I want to see those viral videos where the kids touch the wall and the teacher gives them the greeting of their choice. I want to see the reverse of that where the teacher picks based on how much they like that kid. So they're like, ooh, you get a wave. I'm just going to give you a little (laughs) finger guns. Finger guns. What's up, cool guy? (laughs) See you in there. Best I could do is neutral grunt. Mm. Neutral grunt. I'm sick. Well, that was all the email responses that you get. I wish so- that legally I could read some of the emails I got this week because we had parent-teacher conferences this week and some people emailed me mm. really nice things. But well, that's nice. They didn't consent to that, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> My former coworker is enraged that I can't find that email that I, I feel like I talk about every single time where the lady was like, uh, emetophobia warning. She was like, my son was throwing up this morning because he had a hot dog for breakfast and then I ate a hot dog for breakfast and then I was throwing up. Emetophobia warning over. <laughs> That's my favorite one. I just, I was like, why did I need to know that? And guaranteed I was hungover as hell because I had a really bad binge drinking problem my first year teaching. So there was no way I was okay. I have heard that sentiment echoed by a lot of people. Yeah, it was bad. I'm on antibiotics right now because the kids gave me the plague. And like, honestly, the face I made when the doctor told me I can't drink on them, like that should have sent me to rehab alone. Wait, you're on antibiotics for your cold? Uh, I got a sinus infection from it, which happens to me all the time. That sucks. It does. So we're moving it. We have a little bit more time to fill. So this is, we're going to move into Patreon submissions. To submit a narrative storytelling moment, you have to be a Patreon subscriber because we were sifting through 400 submissions every time and it is a little much and you get a bunch of cool other stuff with being a patreon subscriber you get to watch us play little video games with each other there's a lot of fun stuff i post unedited slightly edited deleted scenes from the podcast where we tell things that the general public just doesn't need to know the general public can't handle it have you ever seen the show vikings you literally i want to pull the clip of you asking me that last time we recorded (laughs) yeah because i wanted to know if you'd seen it since then are you watching no are you watching it right now though no i just finished it No, I haven't watched anything. There's like a, I'm not spoiling it, but there's a character in the show called the seer who like knows everything. They're like all knowing. So everyone always goes to them and asks what's going to happen in their life. And they always say that they're like, you can't handle it. Or they'll tell them like one little cryptic thing. And then the person asks for like details and they're like, you could not handle it. You don't even want to know. Just trust me. I am watching Game of Thrones right now though. Don't you like that show? For the first time? Me and my boyfriend started watching it when we were first dating and we had to stop watching it because I hated it. But I realized I hated it because 
he is like very into it. He's read all the books. He knows all the lore. And so every time I would ask him a question, the answer just pissed me off so much because it just made me more confused. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything that's happening because every time he would try and answer my questions because it's a confusing ass show, he would be like, well, in the book. And I, I don't know. No, I don't care. I wanted a yes or no. I know. So I watched like the first two seasons and then I was just like so confused and so over it. And so I stopped watching it and now we're restarting and I like it a lot better now. Good. Yeah, I liked it. The ending sucks ass, but... That's what I've heard. Life. I know some of the stuff that's happened. I also think that I just first had a really bad bias towards Game of Thrones because when Game of Thrones was in its height, I was working at a hotel and everyone would fucking call out of their Sunday dinner shift because they wanted to get drunk and watch Game of Thrones. And the amount of Sundays that I have done the job of four people because I was one of the only people on staff that didn't watch Game of Thrones. And then eventually they started watching it too. I really miss feeling unified as a country watching Game of Thrones. I would drive to my friends' houses to watch it together. A lot of people did that. I mean, you'd be like standing and like yelling and shit when you watched Game of Thrones. It was very intense. Also, I've seen House of Dragons, which Mm. I watched before I watched Game of Thrones. So I watched Game of Thrones, gave up. Then I watched House of Dragons, and now I like Game of Thrones better. Because sometimes when they talk about things, I'm like, oh, I know that. There you go. So this is a Patreon submission. Says, hi, first off, love you both and so happy y'all made a podcast. I am not an educator. This is a story from when I was a student in middle school. And this is very interesting. There was a teacher, quotes, as I am not sure if he was a teacher or not, but he ran the in-school suspension program. He probably had a teaching license. I would hope so. He was a teacher as an adjective, not a verb. Right. (laughs) So everyone would talk about how odd this man was, but I never really understood it until I landed myself in ISS. This man, let's call him Joe, had taken the battery out of the only wall clock in the ISS room and set the time to 8.30 a.m. when we were supposed to arrive in the mornings. The ISS room was in the middle of the school with no windows, so you'd truly have no idea what time of day it was until lunchtime. That is a little strange, but it gets weirder. He cut out little pictures of his face and put them on every number of the analog wall clock. Not sure why, but I guess we could also ask ourselves why not. Joe would occasionally play yodeling music on his computer as punishment if he caught someone trying to sneak use their phone. That's so me. (laughs) Which was unfortunate because I never used my phone and had to endure the yodeling. Uh, Not the group punishment. I am not sure if Joe is still up to those same tricks at the same school. I'd love to hear an episode of you both talking about your opinions when it comes to school suspension. Ooh. The yodeling. (laughs) I'm going to write that down. That's my takeaway. (laughs) Oh, my jeez Louise. What's your opinion on suspensions? It doesn't work. Yeah. That's my opinion. My school is actually kind of – I don't really know what we're doing because I'm new, so I don't know what's going on with most stuff ever – But they did, like, an analysis of the suspensions, and they realized that, like, we had a ton of suspensions last year, and when they looked at it, almost all of them were coming from less than 20 kids who were just getting repeatedly suspended. So they're trying a different thing this year besides suspension. I, as a high school teacher, I don't hate in-school suspension because I think it can be effective to have a student leave the environment and take their work with them. But I've rarely seen it done in an effective way. 
And I think out of school suspension just really doesn't work because especially for high school, they view it as a reward. Like, oh, I get to sit at home alone all day and play my little games. Great. Yeah, I would love that. So I have seen like at multiple schools, so many kids who literally like they know the behaviors that mandate a suspension. It's usually fighting. So they will get in a fight. And then the second they come back, they get in a fight again purely just because they want to get suspended. And like a lot of people that call for punishment, they'll be like, what happened to suspension? Well, we were disproportionately suspending black and brown students. And then on top of it, it wasn't working. It's not trauma-informed. It doesn't build community. Have you ever seen reverse suspensions? Making you come to school? No, your parent has to come with you to school. (laughs) No, but I kind of like that. Oh, that punishes the parent, but you know, what are you going to do? I like that. I think it's really unrealistic because most parents can't just drop everything for a few days and accompany their child to school. Right. But I think it's a cool option to have on the table. Because I remember one time, oh my God, I've never been more embarrassed in my life. I don't even remember why, but my mom had to come to, my mom came to school. I had to go do something and she was annoyed about it. I have no idea what was happening. But I wasn't even in trouble with school. I was in trouble with her. She came to check me out of class. And then the class, the bell changed. So literally having to walk out behind her while everyone else was standing there was awful. And I still remember because she's her. She had some work thing. So she was literally wearing like a hot pink business dress and stilettos. Oh my word. And I, she was just walking out to her car looking all mad with me like two paces behind her. And I was like, could you possibly be drawing more attention to yourself? Honestly, what an icon. Oh, I just got the one you sent me. Do you want this to be our last one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you so much. I have some stories for you. I'm a highly specialized teacher. I'm a teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing. I have worked in many different settings, residential, I lived with my kids, resource classroom, pull out, head start, and now I work remote for the entire state of California. I can't wait to tell you what it is like to teach deaf slash blind kids on Zoom and all the issues that admin doesn't tell you about specialized teachers. This is an email from a student last week. His family requested him to be moved to virtual learning. Our district uses one of those go-at-your-own-pace online curriculum programs for the virtual high school option. So if a parent wants their kids to do virtual learning, the special education teachers Zoom with them to do the special education services, or they have the freedom to go to the school site on a scheduled day for help there. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I provided him a direct special education service via Zoom to support him with his online work. I expressed many times to his mom that he didn't turn in his work when he was in person and I didn't think he would if he was virtual either. The service was to help him with his work and study skills, but he wanted me to teach him sign language. I met him two or three times but was supposed to meet with him more and he never answers his emails and his mom would not answer me either. She kept telling me to call the student, but I felt that that would be completely inappropriate because I'm only a fifth year teacher who is also working from home and he is a 17 year old. When I did meet with him online, his shirt was off and the whole room was dark and he wouldn't turn on his microphone and I was terrified. I uh, I hated virtual teaching in this, this context. I was also Zooming from my house. There was no one there that could have done anything if something happened. I told the school I could not keep doing that. I was so uncomfortable. We were going to tell his mom that he needs to come to school because I could not provide him help on Zoom because he only logged in like twice and it was too risky for me. But when I emailed his mom about the meeting, he automatically sent me this. He was telling me he only wanted the service once a month and to learn sign language. I'm now unsure if this is a funny story or a sad story. 
I quit teaching for many reasons. I had a terrible district. I'm a special education teacher and I have experience in many different settings. The setting I wanted to work in so badly that I dreamed of teaching was a resource room, that pull-out classroom for students to receive targeted special education instruction. The students in these classes are between are in between a high-needs classroom and general education. They are pulled in for whatever classes they are low in, in quotes. I hate that phrase. I do too. I hate low. Low what? low morale because I have low morale. I saw too many things in the two years that I was there. I had kindergarten through sixth grade all in one classroom despite being told it would only be three grade levels. I interviewed for this position over the phone and being a military spouse I had never lived in that state or gotten the opportunity to tour the school before accepting the position. I was freshly graduated and freshly a military wife. I had on red and white blue class. <laughs> I had on red and white blue glasses to save America's kids. Derogatory. <laughs> The first day I arrived in the state, the principal asked me to tour the school unpaid. My paperwork was not completed yet, so I thought it would just be a tour. At the end, I got brought into an IEP meeting for a student I would have and was completely unprepared. I had just learned this kid's name and moved to a new state. My first teaching job, I was terrified. The parent was what is considered in special education as a hot parent. This means they are strong advocates, but the sad thing is they are sometimes misguided in how and what to advocate for, but she was very irate in the meeting and threw some of the child's work and demanded that there be something done because he had not shown much improvement in the area that she said. It was completely unprofessional, and I should have taken this as a red flag and not come back, but I did anyway and saw some crazy shit. I was harassed by the male nurse in my classroom, not to mention the meetings I did not have adequate training for. Every time I would ask for support, we would get observations from the district but never really change this was all even before covid i can't imagine what it was like now oh my god that's terrifying it's like in a dream when you're screaming for help and your voice isn't working like that's what that reminds me of yeah the most vulnerable of our school populations are just like so ignored and it's hard too because it's like there's so much like legality around special education and like mm-hmm. so many laws but then the special educators aren't able to manage their caseload or like serve those students it, it's just really frustrating and then like that's where i i find a lot of times like general educators and special educators will often like yell at each other and like point fingers and be like yeah. blaming and mad but it's like when you're in an institution and you're blaming people on the same level as you, you should always look upward. And, like, this is the perfect example of that. Like, we quite literally had an incident at my school, literally exactly what you just said. Exactly what you just said. It's so upsetting. Also, I love the way she phrased, like, a hot parent is someone who's, like, a very strong advocate because I like that you're recognizing that that's what it is. Even though they're mm-hmm. misguided in how they're going about it, they just want their child to get what they need. Which reminds me of this absolutely iconic t-shirt I saw. Um, You know, like the autism mom t-shirts? It was that, but it said, my son may be nonverbal, but his mama ain't. And I was like, 10 out of 10. That is incredible, actually. It was like a jersey style. Oh, hell yeah. I think that'd be fun for teachers too. Like, I love that. His teacher isn't. This has been Teacher Quit Talk. I hope that you feel inspired to 
live your best life and either quit or don't quit. Quit, don't quit, whatever. This is from Rockstar Superstar. It says, my online besties are the GOAT. They are just the best. This podcast is the best. The honesty of what it's like to be a teacher, no matter your grade level, babies, pre-K, lower L, middle elementary, middle school, high school, you name it, you'll relate. The submission episodes, hilarious. It's nice to know we aren't alone. And this group just does that. We've created a whole virtual world of besties and we share the realistic balance of good and bad in education in life five stars always frazz and redacted fans for life i love you bestie say it back i love you more bestie we have another one sarah she said i was randomly recommended this podcast by youtube and i immediately binged all their episodes i love when people find this podcast not from tiktok land that's like a special type of validation to me yeah they have such good chemistry entertaining stories and are both genuinely funny and smart people i'm not even a teacher but i love hearing about their experiences i think this podcast has the potential to be huge keep doing your thing thank you sarah (laughs) tell all your friends Thank you. Bye, besties. Love you. We love you. TTYL. See you next time.